welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Minoknuku, and my goal is to bring you into conversations where we discuss what it means to be in midlife in today's age. We will be educated by experts in the health and wellness industries and inspired by incredible humans who have discovered their purpose and run with it. To ensure you don't miss out on future episodes, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. In fact, do that right now. Hit that button and let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Tracy Minoknuku, your host for Sexy Aging. This week I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Joy Kong from California, and we unpacked a topic I have a lot of interest and personal experience with, stem cell rejuvenation. Dr. Joy completed her medical training at UCLA and specialized in psychiatry. Her own background of growing up in China and having exposure to Chinese medicine and the integration of the mind, body and spirit was the catalyst towards Dr. Joy's pathway to holistic medicine. Her curiosity in stem cell regeneration and her own personal success with helping patients across a myriad of issues has been her passion to this day. Dr. Joy uses stem cell treatments for many health-related issues and as a healthy aging mechanism. I have my own unique experience with stem cell treatment, so tune in and find out all about it. Hey, and welcome today from sunny, sunny California. I have a special guest, Dr. Joy Kong. Um, you are a specialist in stem cell therapy, which I actually have a little bit of experience in. And um, thank you for joining me on the podcast this morning. Well, you're so welcome. I'm excited to be chatting with you. So like all my guests, I Google and stalk them to find out a little bit about them before we get going. So I'll give a little bit of insight to the guests, what I found out about you, but I'm going to turn the story over to you so you can tell us, you know, how you got to this place with stem cell. Oh, here's the cat. <laughs> we just... We just talked about that and, um, you know, as, as to be expected in our lives, we have cats, animals, children, washing machines into the podcast. So we'll just keep going because <laughs> it's all good here. So what I found out about you is you've been named the top doctor of the year in stem cell therapy for 2019, but it gets even better. The top stem cell doctor of the decade, 2021. <laughs> ah! <Thank you. laughs> Well done. It's so cool. So I feel honored that I've got someone that is really, really deep in this, um, this new, well, I think for a lot of people, it'd be a new genre of how to deal with healthy aging. Um, you completed your medical training at UCLA, specialized in psychiatry, and then turned your focus to integrative medicine. Love that. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, a, you're a leading doctor in stem cell treatment, obviously, and for anti-aging, as a lot of um, podcast guests and listeners know that I have flipped that anti-aging a little bit on its head and we call it healthy aging. And um, with that introduction, I'd like to um, invite you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you got from UCLA to stem cell regeneration. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that really, I, I think it has a lot to do with um, the fact that I grew up um, in China, I spent my first 20 years in Beijing. And, uh, and that's where I had, you know, kind of a, this, this uh, medical, you know, experience, you know, as far as what's, what's allowed, what's, 
you know, what's effective and what, what's part of, you know, life um, when it comes to uh, day to day, you know, if we need any medications and, and Eastern and Western medications were kind of intermingled together, you know, manifested by our family medicine drawer, you know, there's no discrimination. So to me, it's, it's kind of come, it's intuitive, you know, of course, you know, one will work better for something, another, you know, modality works, you know, best for, for something else. So there's this uh, kind of a dichotomy of acute conditions uh, like infections or injury that Western medicines are superb at. Uh, whereas when it comes to chronic conditions and nurturing long-term health, uh, Eastern medicine really shines. And, and I, I've seen that, you know, not only from, you know, just, you know, from everything around me, but even from my mo own mother, uh, who got cured of, um, of a very malignant form of blood cancer, multiple myeloma, um, you know, after she got chemotherapy, which she almost died, and most of the, the, the patients in her ward actually died. And that's when she said, okay, get me out of the hospital, I think I'm done with this. And that was six months of chemotherapy. And she went home, she went to a Chinese medicine doctor, got all the concoctions, started drinking herbs and started doing aerobics. So within six months, everything was normal. She went back to work full time and she lived for another 32 beautiful years. So that's, that's you know, a personal story. So I, I know, you know, the power in Eastern medicine in this more holistic approach, because what's Eastern medicine? You know, it's, I think it's the same for, for Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, um, it really is looking at the body as a system, because so many things can present as a particular symptom, but it can come from different organ systems. So you don't look at eye, just an, an, a separate system of an eye. You look at everything, all the, even the energy paths that flows through, what else can affect it? So <clears throat> when I went into medicine, you know, I always had intention of borrowing that kind of, that kind of wisdom into how I treat patients. Um, you know, of course I went into psychiatry because I loved the, the mind and, and, you know, I think it's fascinating as the last frontier. Um, and that's what make us, make us human. So when I, uh, when I try to incorporate these more holistic approach and I realized that, that there's really very little I can go on. And when I try to use Chinese medicine, uh, the Chinese medicine is completely different language is poetry, you know, so here I'm in science, and I love science, but I couldn't really bring poetry and science together. And that's when I had an aha moment when I saw this you know, you don't like the word anti-aging medicine, you can call it, you know, functional medicine, uh, holistic medicine, integrated medicine, they all have the same philosophy It's looking at the body as a very complex whole. And then you want to address many, many, many things all at once. You don't just focus on one cause and in and one result, you, 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 you know, it, instead of addressing the body, like many, many linear relationships, you want to address the body as a web. So, you know, you, you don't want to, just be be narrow-minded, which is what I've seen at Western medicine. It's becoming a little myopic. And in that sense, I think it's almost 
presumptuous and arrogant to think that you can find one thing linking to another, completely disregarding everything else that's affecting this very complex body. So that's kind of how I got into this whole field um, of, you know, the buzzword anti-aging medicine, I just call it, um, you know, integrative medicine. And, um, and of course, stem cell therapy, it, you know, it can be more integrative and holistic than stem cells, because you're using the body's intelligence, you're using the intelligence that created us to borrow it to help heal the body. So that is extremely, you're definitely addressing the whole web because you're addressing, um, you know, one single cell may have, you know, all these 10 different main actions, but they may talk to another thousand different kinds of cells in your body, all speaking different language to these different cells. So you're very, very holistic in the results you're getting. Um, so that's kind of the, the story, uh, kind of long-winded story of, you know, how I got from psychiatry to, you know, to, to integrative medicine. Of course, now I don't really do psychiatry per se, because I think everything should be under the umbrella of integrative medicine. So if somebody has mental health issues, let's look at what's wrong with your body physically. Yes, psychotherapy is important. You know, that's, that's fantastic. But you know, we want to address everything that may be causing your depression and your anxiety. And I think that is a better way of practicing psychiatry, frankly. <laughs> I mean, as you're talking, I've just got all these ping, 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 ping moments <laughs> of things that you're talking about. So as you're probably aware, I spent 20 years living in Asia, spent a lot of time in China and obviously um, surrounded by lots of incredible uh, Asian women that I learned so much from and especially on the Chinese medicine side. Um, one thing that really stood out for me was they never seem to age. <laughs> right so here we are expatriates and hot tropical countries soaking up the sun and then you know obviously the skin really starts to impact uh, is impacted by um, too much sun time in the sun and of course all my friends we're sitting out there together and they're like full sunblock big massive hats and, <laughs> and then sitting in the shade and not going out into the sun until like six o'clock at night and then you're looking at them and they their skin is, is incredible right there's no way that over 10 years they've aged and um, so I think you know I can identify that just from sort of personal experience but um, so how did you come to focus on stem cell regeneration because that is actually a little bit of a buzzword and particularly when it comes to longevity healthy aging um, and as we age, we, we start to experience some health challenges. And for me personally, it was around um, joints and bone pain and cartilage and things like that. So how did you come to get specifically into this area and how accepted and well known is it in the US? Um, <clears throat> there's a particular doctor who actually turned me on to it and he was just really excited talking about, you know, using stem cells to, to treat patients. And I, I remember this is how, this is how most doctors are. We are so locked in, in what we've been trained for that we don't know what's going on outside. So my question, so I have been practicing medicine for over, you know, 11 years at the point. And then when he told me about using stem cells and I, I said, you mean you can you can actually use it? You can, you, you can use it clinically? I thought people were just studying it. I mean, that's how limited I was 
never mind, you know, research has been going on for 20 years, but because that wasn't relevant to my field, I, I would just, that, that, that wasn't, didn't get into my consciousness. And that's what's happening to probably 90% of doctors. And, you know, I hate to say that. So, you know, good luck with patients, you know, wanting to, to clear this with your doctor because your doctor really have not paid attention. Most likely there'll be very rare doctors who on top of a busy traditional medical practice have the time to, you know, they, yes, they have some time probably to keep up to the field they're going they're, they're dealing with but stem cells i doubt it so that takes a very special person very open-minded person to actually want to seek out that kind of knowledge so when this doctor told me yeah I, I use stem cells to treat patients and look at this kid i treated so this is an autistic kid so of course my i light up because you know in the fields of psychiatry uh autism is a big field and it's a very frustrating, frustrating field that which was one reason I did not get into child psychiatry. I actually really wanted to study child psychiatry until I did rotations that where we had to deal with autistic kids. And I could not, you know, there's no, no empathy, right? No relating. So, so when you can't even get emotional, um, you know, kind of um, exchange with someone you're treating, there's definitely not much reward. Right. First of all, there's not much reward, but then and, and also the tools we have are so limited that you can't bring about, you know, really meaningful interactions. Yes, there may be some progress, but but honestly, because I've um, you know, I've been at some of the best institutions at UCLA, at Cedar Sinai, and that's where I observed the top notch, you know, supposedly top notch psychiatrists, how they're treating autistic kids. Um, unfortunately, we're not making progress in making these kids more interactive, have better concentration, better social interactions. We're trying to make them calmer. Mostly if they could be calmer, then we think we're being successful. They're not having so much hyperactivity. They're not destroying things. You know, so that's the goal. And a lot of times I see sedating medications and that's the way these kids were treated. So, so I mean, intellectually I mean, and, and emotionally, just not satisfying. I just, I didn't want to go into anything like that. And this doctor gave this kid uh, stem cells from the umbilical cord. And, um, and he said, topic. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he said, look, look what the teacher sent me. So the teacher sent, sent her observations of this kid. And there are probably 40 things the teacher had noticed that changes in this kid. So uh, language, ability to speak, um, ability to play with other kids, um, being calmer, you know, not hyperactive and, and, and been, you know, not, not throwing temper tantrums and, you know, not procrastinating, actually do getting things done. I mean, all these different things, 40 things, right. From the teacher where I, I, you know, I can't imagine if I do <laughs> traditional child psychiatry and I see two things, I'll be so proud, but, but this is transformative from one treatment. And I would just, I was astounded as of what, what incredible tool. I can't believe and this is just from another human being and you can create that kind of healing. So that was first when I was, you know, really excited. And then um, I started learning and reading about it. And of course, what nailed it was when I had my first patient myself. So this is um, somebody that was um, was kind of a friend at the time. And then, and he said, you know, I want to try this because I had two orthopedic surgeons who told me I absolutely need bilateral knee replacement. And I, I'm, I'm very active. I really don't want to get a knee replacement. So why don't I give this a try? 
So, so when it comes to something um, of a larger joint, like the knee or shoulders or hips, so you want to attack the joint because the, this person is older, right? 69. So I would say anybody, you know, if you have a lot of persistent joint problem and you're over the age of 45, 50, very likely is osteoarthritis. And what is osteoarthritis? It's really a degeneration of your body's ability to repair. So, so it's, it's this inflammatory state in your whole body that's not allowing your, you to repair the wear and tear that we talk about that we think is the cause of osteoarthritis. No, it's not. Because if you think of us as five, you know, 10 year old kids, we're wearing and tearing our body to pieces. And guess what? We're fine. So we're not getting osteoarthritis. It's because we have so many stem cells, we fix it right up. So this is a full body um, kind of a lacking regenerative potential type of condition. So what I do for larger joints is that I will give an IV infusion to improve the whole body's condition. Also the outer one third of the cartilage is nourished by the blood supply. And then I'll inject into the joint space because the inner two thirds of the cartilage is nourished by the synovial fluid. So you attack from both ends. And um, so of course this is five years later and, and he's walking four miles every day. He said he barely feels that, you know, he has knees and, and but what's really funny was the very next day, I said, how are you feeling? He said, you know, this is very strange. I slept through the night because for the past 40 years, he was waking up every night in the middle of the night when he shifts his body because he had a, a, a rotator cuff injury when he was young and, uh, and that never healed. So every time when he shifts, he would just wake up from a sharp pain. And that next morning, he, he said, I didn't wake up. And then he never was woken up from his sleep again. You know, this is what's mind boggling, right? I put it into his, I, you know, into his intravenous system. I never knew about his shoulder injury. We we're trying to fix the knee, but the cells have his, their intelligence and the shoulder has been screaming for help. It just didn't have enough horsepower to fix it. All of a sudden I infuse this intelligence and the cells are really attracted to screaming areas of injury and the cells send the right, just the right signals, calm down the local injury, recruited the immune system to take away bad cells and to, you know, and, and to give the right environment. And, uh, and these cells also have direct conversations with local stem cells. So you do have local stem cells, but if they're in this highly inflamed condition, they can't, they can't even function. They can't, you know, do what they're meant to do. So then you have this holistic, this, you bring about this healing and it's amazing how rapid it is. I mean, it, it was shocking. I mean, that, that was my first patient. I thought this is, this is incredible. I mean, imagine being a doctor and seeing this kind of response. I felt really powerful. Yeah. I, I was like, this is why I went into medicine. You know, I can help people. I, you know, I can do all this. This is just really, I mean, it's so rewarding and it's yeah. fun. And it has been like that ever since. I love the fun. Yeah. Um, because, because I've I actually can... never heard a doctor say my job is fun. So yay to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I just, you know, it keeps happening. You know, yeah. I keep hearing from other patients. Um, yeah. I never presume that what I do is going to create incredible results. I, I'm, you know, I, because you never know, there could be a lot of factors. So I always kind of silently pray. I hope this is going to help this patient. I really, really, really hope that she's going to yeah. get better. He's going to get better. And then the response they gave me, you know, afterwards, you know, some days later, a few weeks later, it just is amazing. You know, people who have suffered from, you know, sometimes decades of problem, you know, 
long-term problem. And then it, it was going away. They regained their, you know, their mobility and, and, and sense of wellness. It is just, yeah, it's, it's definitely fun. <laughs> it's so amazing. Um, I'm so happy to hear that because maybe some of the podcast listeners will know about my own personal experience with stem cell treatment. Um, I was just really lucky and I want to share that I've also had incredible success. So as a, a personal advocate of stem cell treatment. So my experience was um, living in Southeast Asia, there's a clinic there called the KL Sports Medicine Clinic. And I had a partial ACL rupture in the knee. So the anterior cruciate ligament um, damaged through skiing in my twenties, but not enough to have surgery. Uh, Cause I was young, I could still move. I did a lot of rehab and went on to do lots of crazy things. For another 25 years <laughs> uh, to the point that I because of the instability in the ACL I wore down the cartilage quite significantly and got to a point where it was very very painful to walk or run or teach classes I taught group fitness dance that was sad um, and then I did a PT session one day with a trainer and he made me run down the field and turn around and run back and on the turnaround I snapped the rest of the ACL and it was time out um, so I was really lucky to live like within literally walking distance, although I couldn't walk, to the KL Sports Medicine Clinic and a recommended doctor there, Dr. Saw, who is very cutting edge in the field of stem cell regeneration for knee treatment. Um, so he's been doing it for well over 20 years, but he's never had the support or the funding or anything because it was all so new and, you know, wah-wah guru kind of thing. Um, but I watched people go through his treatment and get on a treadmill and start running again after years of not even being able to walk properly. And I was starting to think this guy could help me, you know. So I was lucky enough because of my ACL tear that I was having the uh, surgery under private insurance. <laughs> so, but the stem cell treatment, no, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <it was>. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, you know, we're talking like a decade ago. Um, so what I did was I had a donor ACL ligament put in and he uh, drilled up into the bone to create the inflammatory response to receive my stem cells. Uh, the day after surgery, um, they took out stem cells through my femoral artery, spun the blood around, put the fluid back in, kept the stem cell part. And then within a couple of weeks, he was injecting the stem cells back into the knee capsule into the space with a little bit of, uh, what do they add to beef up your sinovial fluid that's decreased over time? What, what do they put in there? Hydrolonic acid or something? Anyway. Oh, hyaluronic acid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of that as well, but it was mostly my stem cells. And for the just, you know, cut a short story, uh, cut a long story short, I have been incredibly active for the last 10 years. So it was really successful. It did take a year to build up the cartilage. Um, I continue to have regular stem cell injections up for up to a year. Now I've moved back to New Zealand and I'm having this conversation with you and I've got stem cells saved in Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> and I've got a few little things happening now in the body because of perimenopause. So with perimenopause, you get some extra joint pain um, and I'm treating that with HRT and things like that. Okay, and then the next thing is, cord blood banking I think I feel like we're going to talk for a while so um, I had a baby eight years ago and I saved his cord blood and I wasn't to know that he 
is neurodiverse at the time. And of course, over, over the next few years, we were able to figure out that he has a neurodiversity, dyspraxia, and his cerebellum on his right side is smaller than his left, so it affects balance, coordination, and speech. And I have his stem cells. So I'm just saving that until someone like you <laughs> can figure out what I can do to help my son if I need to use his stem cells. So there you go. Pretty cool story, right? Yeah, that's great. So um, so your son is having, right now, how old is he? Well, he's eight and he has a diagnosis of dyspraxia, which is not uncommon. Um, we're doing a re-diagnosis because as they grow up, there are other things that present themselves, possibly ADHD, um, some dyslexia. So we're not quite sure how that would be positively impacted by stem cell treatment right now, but and I'm happy to wait. We'll do everything else that we can to help support him in the meantime. But I am incredibly open-minded to yeah. this opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, I do want to go back because yeah. we, want to, we want to talk about the healthy aging aspect of what yeah, you do. I just want to say, say yeah. a couple of things about core blood. Um, that's where I started when I started using uh, stem cells you know, for treatment is, is from the umbilical core blood source. Unfortunately, the core blood has almost no mesenchymal stem cells. And now, you know, we are looking at mesenchymal stem, stem cells almost like a like a mainstay or, you know, for some people, holy grail of stem cell therapy. So so these are, you know, the, the type of cells that are around your blood vessels, you know, everywhere in your body where you have blood vessels and they have the role of kind of coordinating regeneration in your body. They, they put, you know, a pulse on what's going on in the blood and what's going on locally. They can travel, you know, get into the bloodstream and travel to the site of injury where they can, you know, coordinate a lot of things in the local area. Um, the thing is in core blood, they're, they're, you know, of core blood is the composition is very similar to bone marrow, which contains about 0.1 to 0.01% of mesenchymal stem cells or MSCs. So it's very, very, very tiny. And that's the, the issue I encountered as well when I was treating patients um, is that, you know, people tend to have a little bit more side effects. They tend to have a more, you know, kind of flu-like symptoms, you know, uh, coughing, sneezing, or, or um, you know, tearing eye. So, so these are kind of a mild allergy. The thing is the MSCs, mesenchymal stem cells, have the ability to modulate in your immune system, calm your immune system. Actually, it has been used for organ transplantation to reduce rejection rate. So it, it has a calming effect. And, you know, what I propose is really a combination of umbilical cord tissue cells, which is full of mesenchymal stem cells, and then the core blood. Because um, like I said, um, there's no one cell type that fixes everything. Um, and, and, you know, if you talk to any, you know, the prominent scientists, you know, that that's the consensus, that there's no one panacea. Um, and then I always say, you know, God created different cell types for a reason, right? So these cells are there for a reason. They don't just random, you go, oh, I have um, this cell, that cell, no, it's co coordinated. Everything has a reason. So why am I playing God and only want deciding that this is one cell type, this is the best one for you. This is the only one I'm gonna give you. I wanna give people a complement of everything. So, so umbilical core blood cells, it's great. Um, it's good for a neural, degenerative conditions and helping with blood vessel, you know, new formation, but they do lack the mesenchymal stem cells. Um, 
so I, I think it, it can potentially be very helpful. There are you know, plenty of studies that are, are done, um, like in Duke University, they were, they were you know, treating cerebral palsy and, and autism with core blood cells. Unfortunately, they do have a high rate of side effects because they were not utilizing the mesenchymal stem cells. So to me, it just, it's, it's strange, but maybe because they want to simplify it to get FDA indication. I don't, I don't know. I, I sometimes things happening don't make that much sense to me. Um, so that's, that's my sense about core blood. Okay. That's awesome. I've learned so much from you. So, I mean, everything that I'm telling you, I'm thinking about, like, it's not from a place of science or research. It's just from, okay, isn't it interesting that there is research now, for example, the um, stem cell treatment to help autism, that's a, um, a neuro brain condition. So um, surely any of these other neurodiversities that children have, if they have got the opportunity to tap into the stem cell regeneration for their brain, that would be awesome. So that's all I've been thinking is from a mum's perspective, is there that future opportunity for my son and in which way? Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, we'll just carry on until, you know, something pops up and we might be in the fortunate opportunity to make the most of it. I want to ask you a little bit more about um, the stem cell regeneration treatments that you offer your patients. What are the best uses that you've found? What are the most common requests by your patients? And what's your top performing formula? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, as far as the range of treatments, so I do IV treatments, I, you know, as far as location, I do facial regeneration, do hair restoration, and uh, of course, musculoskeletal repair, <clears throat> and also sexual wellness, so injection directly into the sexual organs. Um, the you know, the, I would say half of my patients come to me for particular health concerns, and the other half come to me so that they can slow down the aging process. You know, the, you know, they want to do the healthy aging. So um, I definitely, if you look at the numbers, the, the, a lot of people come to me to, you know, try to, you know, preserve as much vitality or even make them more vital than when they came in, right? So, so in, in the sense, getting younger, which I've seen in myself, because I, I'm religious about getting IV stem cells on myself every three months. So um, I've definitely seen, you know, I, 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 that wasn't my intention when I started doing it. I just wanted to reap the benefits of, um, of living really healthy. But when I started, um, you know, to get these notifications from Facebook telling me happy anniversary and I look back at <laughs> you know, photos from years ago, and I was, you know, I got really embarrassed. I was like, wow, that's a terrible photo. Why did I put that up? Because, you know, at the time, obviously I put it up because I thought I looked good. <laughs> but now I look at it, I was like, why did I do it? That looked terrible. Because I, you know, in my in my face, you know, as far as the volume, the, the skin texture, you know, just the pigmentation, everything, you know, the glow, everything has changed. I've grown younger. And I wouldn't have known that, you know, if not for these notifications. And, and also I've, you know, you know, heard comments from other people that they've, you know, people who know me for a long time and telling me that I'm looking younger. So definitely, and, and, and of course it's good to, to notice in yourself, but uh, I've been giving this lecture um, at a few conferences now is called stem cell therapy as an anti-aging tool. So not only, there are objective studies looking at the changes, improvements in people's energy levels, sex drive, you know, skin, hair. Um, so all these, you know, kind of 
aging parameters, but they also have done studies looking at blood composition of certain chemicals, like yeah. acetylcholine level in the muscles and in the brain, because they all decline as we get older. So they've done studies, these are animal studies, done studies realizing that after a stem cell infusion, all these levels return to the younger state. Yeah. So they, the measurement becomes, you know, what they were when they were younger, sometimes even better than what they were younger. Um, so, and then looking at inflammatory factors, growth factors. So these are objective data showing that a, a, even just a single stem cell treatment can bring about such rejuvenating effects. So, so that's definitely one big portion of, um, of my practice, which is keeping people healthy, keeping them young. If you can prevent the aging process, you know, I, I say, you know, I, I tell people anti-aging is very much mis misunderstood. You know, it's not, I, I don't, I'm, my goal is not to live forever. My goal is to live well. You know, yeah. I don't want to be sick, right? So I can either live to, you know, age 80, you know, happy, vibrant, doing everything I want and, and just, you know, you know, having a great mindset and, and just, you know, be joyful or I'm always hampered down by my aches and pains or, 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 you know, you know, I'm breathing issues or breaking out, you know, I don't want that. Right. That's, I think most people, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people feel the same way. They don't necessarily want to live forever. I know, I know some people in the field, they do. And to me, <laughs> it doesn't make much sense to me, um, but it's about living good years. So, yeah. so, so that's what, you know, big part of what I do. And then the other part is people who are really sick. I've had people with, let's say, you know, a lot of osteoarthritis, right? Tendon, muscle, joint injuries, <clears throat> traumatic brain injury, um, Alzheimer's, uh, ALS, um, uh, multiple sclerosis, so neurodegenerative conditions, and then um, you know lung conditions. You know COPD, very difficult to treat, but works beautifully. It just the results are astounding. Uh, liver disease, you know, even end stage liver cirrhosis, it got reversed. It was incredible, and um, and all kinds of autoimmune conditions. <clears throat> like I I saw this lady with psoriasis all over her body and she got incredible results um just you know she, she was at her wits end you know she was fairly young but having such devastating you know lesions all over her body um <clears throat> so um so really from head to toe you know people with uh, um you know with, with other so so autoimmune issues you know lupus rheumatoid arthritis it works great and, um, and things like uh, plantar fasciitis, I've seen incredible results. Um, and even, you know, like hair growth, you know, even just through IV infusion, you know, some, you know, I remember this doctor, actually, she was losing hair. She was spent some time in Southeast Asia. Um, and, and then she came back, probably some kind of parasitic, some, something yeah. was in her immune system. So yeah. she was, you know, she, she was very frustrating. She kept losing a lot of hair every time she washes hair. And then she did an IV infusion. She said, all of a sudden, I barely lose much hair, you know, every time I'm, I'm in the shower. So she, her hair start, started to fill out, fill out. So it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, a lot of, a, a lot of, I probably, you know, missed a lot of the conditions, but yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, I remember being in the clinic and it was mostly people with uh, knee surgery having the stem cell treatment, but there were, um, it was predominantly athletes actually. So athletes had flown in from around the world. We had snowboarders, rugby players, tennis players, 
Um, they were they had heard about this clinic and, and Dr. Saw and the stem cell regeneration, and they were starting to do treatment on uh, tendonitis, which seemed to have an incredibly quick result. So I knew from that time uh, how effective stem cell treatment was for sort of basic injuries to tendons and ligaments. Um, it just accelerated the um, the opportunity to get back on the field or back on the court or back on the in the mountains, you know. So um, even back then, it, it was having incredible yeah. results. So it's so good to hear that so many people have been able to tap into it and um, get the results yeah. that they want. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you know the the whole field of anti aging medicine actually started with elite athletes. So the doctors who founded anti aging discipline, they were actually working with some of the best elite, you know, these athletes, and old athletes, they're all working hard training hard, and they all want to have an edge. So but no one has a perfect body, right? Perfect system yeah. and perfect biology and perfect nutrition. So what can you do to give them that edge? So these are not these are people who are not sick, but you can still make them better. That's how it came about. How do you optimize the human body? And then when they realize that when they optimize these people, they also don't age very as much, right? So you're optimizing the whole system. So it stays optimized. So that's how the whole, whole field came about. Well, it sort of sounds like it could almost sit into the, the um, tenet of recovery, because if you're a high performance athlete, one of the most challenging things is to get enough recovery to get up and do the thing again at the highest level. So if you're able to help your body regenerate and recover properly, you'd think that stem cell IVs would be the way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with the outside of no wrinkles. <laughs> I, I do believe, you know, I just mark my word, you know, one day stem cell therapy is going to be everyday practice. Um, first of all, people are going to, you know, use stem cells, you know, these... <laughs> nature it's part of nature it's who we are we're going to use that to prevent us from declining from getting sick stay healthy and if we do get sick either an infection or an injury then or if we have to do an operation we'll take stem cells and then we're going to recover so much faster and so much more completely because i already have patients who right before they get a big surgery they will do a stem cell infusion and they astound their surgeons at how fast you recover probably you know three times as fast as what you know a, a you know person that that just you know do the usual thing um, so, um, I, I think one day it's going to be as common as antibiotics, you know, like it's prophylactic. So prophylactically, instead of preventing you from, you know, getting infections, well, stem cells probably can't help with that too, but it can just speed up your healing, just help you regenerate, you know, at, at a, you know, on super speed. Yeah. Without sort of getting into politics and the whole big pharma conversation, it makes you realize that for most GPs, you say 90%, they are the ambulance sitting at the bottom of the hill, right? <laughs> so when when everything turns to shit, there they are to give you <laughs> the drugs and you know and you know what they've been trained to to offer. Whereas really the top of the hill should be stem cell treatment or that sort of uh, you know regenerative, integrative, holistic type medicine Absolutely. that helps people put that into their life on a daily basis so that they don't have all these things come up. The yeah. other part to it is that you know we are living longer. You know, we didn't live this long. I mean, if, you know, 100 years ago, if you hit 55, you were considered ancient. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so now, and, and particularly for women, there is this real desire to look after ourselves in the best ways possible. Um, because, you know, we are aging, we, we're living so much longer, but mentally, we feel 
yeah, youthful, like we still have this incredible life ahead of us, but the physicality of aging is really the thing that's, you know, making it difficult. So I feel like reaching out and finding out as much as I possibly can, the science of stem cells, the science of aging, which is one of the previous podcast episodes that I've had with Dr. Sandra Kaufman, which was amazing. And to help people understand that, you know, it's not all about the drugs, although I'm I'm good with that too. <laughs> HRT for me. Wow. Um, but I mean, hormone, hormones are a natural part of the body as well. So it's like, as soon as you lose hormones, why would you want to suffer from that? <laughs> yeah, know? because, you know, I, yeah. I remember, you know, the first time I heard about this is when people say, of course, my hormone level, levels are low because I'm old. But have you thought about if the reverse is true, <clears throat> that you're old because your hormone levels are low? Yes, if you that brings yes. up your hormone levels, all of a sudden your cells are getting the right signals, getting the useful signals. You know, it, it's, it's, it's receiving the same information as, as if you, you, when you were young. So all of a sudden everything can function at a younger level. Okay. So the way I'm looking at this now is uh, hormone therapy and stem cell therapy would be my go-to for longevity. Would that be, uh, would you be on my side for that? <laughs> um, oh, good gosh. You know, I, you know, being in integrative medicine, I, I think there's so many, many, many incredible tools. Um, it's really hard to say, you know, what will be, I, you know, first of all, I do think stem cell therapy is, is in a category of its own. The reason I say that is because, because that's what we're made of. Okay. We all came from a single stem cell. That is the engine that's driving our existence. So it's not about a cell. It's about the intelligence that's contained in the cell. Because what is a cell, right? It has a nucleus, has DNA, and the DNA has a capability to respond to the environment. So what I call that is these stem cells are the engine. It's like the engine to a car. So this is the engine for our, our physical body, our vehicle. And everything else is important because you still need the fuel for the engine, right? You need, you need mitochondria to produce the energy. You need, you know, the right, um, you know, electromagnetic frequency to, to optimize the cell functioning. And you need to not have all these toxic stuff in your body. So there are all these things that you need to optimize the engine, but you still need the engine. Guess what? The engine is running really, really low as you age. So I, I keep talking about the statistics. It's astounding because you know people need to understand the mesenchymal stem cells I was telling you about, which is the you know the the driver for regeneration. When you were born, every one in ten thousand cells is a mesen mesenchymal stem cells. I just call it MSE. And when you reach your teenage years, it's already dropped to one in hundred thousand. So that's tenfold decrease. You're a teenager, okay? And when you reach your 40s, is one in 400,000. When you reach your 80s, is one in 2 million. So you are running out of the engine. So if you can replace that engine, then all of a sudden, you can run your vehicle again. Yeah, it makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. Completely yeah. makes sense, yeah. I mean, there's a topic that I'd love to maybe catch up with you again in the future, because I feel like I have so many questions and <laughs> I think we've, we're both kind of, well, you've obviously got a lot of the answers and I have so many questions around the benefits of stem cells, but also about aging and the cells itself. One of the things I'm kind of tapping into, and I'd love to talk to you about this in the future, is the effect on stress and um, joy. They sound like they're, they're polar opposites, stress and joy and the effect on um, aging your cells and that your cells, you mentioned your cells are incredibly intelligent. 
they can pick up on that type of thing, whether you are in a happy place or whether you're in a very stressful place and how that affects um, how you age. So that's a conversation I'd love to have in the future that I'd like to have you as a- You're definitely guest. integrating psychiatry and-, and Yeah. And science. <laughs> yeah, because it all goes together, right? I think the conversation really is out there about the mind, body and soul or the mind, body, spirit and how they integrate to, to affect the whole human. Um, and a lot of the uh, podcast guests I've had in the past, we've either touched on one of those, but I feel like we, we're coming all together now and it's so, so important. I've got mm. one last question for you, Dr. Joy, and it's a, it's a left field question. Who inspires you? Uh, <laughs> who inspires me? Um, I, you know, from reading books, I don't know of any particular person, you know, there are so many great people throughout history that just have great heart and great tenacity. Um, you know, all these great thinkers, I, you know, I, I can't, you know, not anyone in particular. Well, I am very fond of Charles Darwin. I, I think he's amazing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I just think, oh my God, look at this guy. He's the power of observation is so incredible. And, and, and so I actually read his uh, book, Origin of Species species when I was 10 years old in Chinese and I remember there are all these big words I was like what are they but I was fascinated by what he was talking about like the different uh, races and humans and how he thinks different features evolved I just thought it was the most incredible thing you know how miraculous you know how we evolve into you know having you know <clears throat> thinner eyes or or longer nose and like you know it's all adapting to the environment anyhow but that's uh I don't think that's what you're looking for but <laughs> oh, no no I think that's fascinating actually and you, you get me thinking it because I'm completely into sort of the science of um, evolution the body and how we get to where we are today and where we're going in the future with uh, you know all everything that's happening right now around um, you know our health around the pandemic and vaccinations and all of that sort of stuff is very very interesting to see and to stay on top of if anything it's accelerating so it's good to have that background foundation around evolution um, so thank you very much for sharing. And it's been incredibly enlightening having this conversation oh, with you. Thank <laughs> you. I know we still have so much more to talk about, even just yeah. on stem cells. But we have yet to, to probably talk about ketamine a little bit because I incorporated ketamine therapy into my clinic. You oh. know, talk about mind, body, spirit. <laughs> yeah. Talk about bringing joy and clarity and peace, right? Okay. So I think spiritual connection is a huge portion. Um, so that kind of ketamine kind of kind of brought me right back into my whole, you know, my original mission, which is help people to be happier. Um, you know, so the, the whole mind, you know, how the mind works. And apparently the mind is should be connected to something even higher than the mind. And yeah. that's something that's not talked about in medicine. It's just, it's almost taboo. Spirituality is almost taboo in medicine. And that is too bad. I think that's going to change. Well, I'm all about breaking open the taboo, opening out the cupboard, shaking out the rug. So let's, <laughs> let's table that conversation for another time. I'd love to yeah. talk with you again. Thank you so much, Dr. Joy. You're very welcome. Enjoy speaking with you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sexy Aging. Every episode leaves me feeling more educated and inspired. 
If there is a topic that you would like to hear about or a person you believe would make a great guest for Sexy Aging, then drop me an email, tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at sexyaging.com or direct message to the Sexy Aging Instagram or Facebook accounts.